Welcome to the Embark Mini-Pod, brought to you by Embark Group, as we take a snapshot look at some of the finer topics from across the industry. Now, today, we're going to be talking about vulnerable customers. Now, August, for Embark, marks Vulnerable Customer Month. It's a very interesting, very important subject, obviously dealing with issues of accessibility, equality, all kinds of things. And joining me, I'm very pleased to say, to talk about this, are James Smith, team leader and vulnerable customer champion at Embark Group, and also the independent financial planner, Carol Haswell. Carol, James, welcome both. Um, first of all, let's talk about one of the I suppose, themes and titles, really, of, of of this campaign, which is talking about dispelling the five myths surrounding this subject. Now, um, Carol, let me come to you and say, what are the five myths? What what are these things that we perhaps believe about vulnerable customers that aren't true? Well, actually, to be honest, I'm not sure that I'm the right person to answer that, because I think um, when I when I read about what other people say about vulnerable clients, it doesn't always quite ring true to me. So I think there's a little bit of a, a tendency to think of vulnerable clients as almost like a it's like a satellite process, a satellite approach to what you would normally do. Whereas I think the way that I see it is that financial planning in particular is a, it's a relationship business, it's not product sale. Um, and I think most relationships actually thrive on vulnerability to some extent. You know, there's a there's a very human element to it. Um, so I think probably I would say that most clients that, that are sort of that come through the door are blown that way by the wind of change in their lives and that that itself can lead to a potential vulnerability. So my whole approach would be to say I don't think we should be looking at this as a separate subject but if you are a financial planner and in a relationship business then you are probably looking at most clients needing some sort of additional considerations to the way that you approach them. That's very interesting. So we're all all vulnerable, I suppose, in that sense. Yeah. Everyone uh, brings those vulnerabilities through the door when they come in. Well, James, let me come to you because you are vulnerable customer champion at Embar Group. So just just run us through what you think are these these five myths surrounding the subject. Well, I actually agree with what Carol was saying, actually. Um, it's very it's very easy um, for everyone to think, oh, vulnerable vulnerable customer. They come with big big red lights and a big red sign. Uh, vulnerable customers don't come, don't come like that. Um, everyone in their life through a life event um, hap- could be a vulnerable customer. Um, and and our role and, and my role and the other vulnerable customer champions within the Embark Group is to help them through any challenges that um, that they may have. Obviously, at the moment, it's it's quite heightened that um, everyone is becoming vulnerable because of the cost of cost of living crisis, or or because of COVID. Vulnerability actually happened and is happening way before COVID, way before Brexit, and all the the key um, media um, media ideas that that are in, that are in press. So what we do here at Embark is treat our customers on an individual basis and. Uh, it's like a, it should be a seamless process. They're not treated any differently. Uh, we just, if they need an additional assistance, we provide that assistance via the, either the financial advisor or an individual on a one-to-one basis. 
So in a way, what you're saying is that, that, that there are no rules, if you like, I guess, around this. There's no uh, one size fits all in, in terms of, of the way you deal with people. But I mean, I'm interested to drill into what these vulnerabilities are. I mean, we, we've sort of said, Carol and you, that we're kind of all vulnerable in various ways. Yeah. And perhaps that's one of the myths, the feeling that we're not. But but James, let me pick up on this. What is the kind of vulnerability that you could spot in a customer and and how would you approach that? Just give me a kind of example, something concrete. Yeah, so you could have someone, for example, who has a poor digital skills. Now, um, retirement planning, for example, um, it has moved on. Everyone's very, very digi uh, digital uh, platforms have, have emerged and it's assumed by default that everyone has got the um, the skills and to um, work a platform and do straight through processing. Um, they can complete forms online. Can they? Can you use DocuSign, for example? And what we can do here is actually say, well, we've got some tools. If you can't, if you can't do something on, online, we've got other ways around it, um, and how we can help help you. In addition, we've also got um, through part through the Lloyd's Banking Group, uh, we've got the Advisor Technical Centre, where we've got some uh, some help for advisors to get their clients online. To do online banking they don't have to don't have to bank with Lloyds for example um, they've got a tool there where they can get you to online banking and and and, and, and things like that looking at our processes um, we've got we can adapt uh, adapt them and we don't we're not a very strict right if you've got haven't got the internet we can't deal with you there's ways ways and means that we can support the customer um, and try to get them online if if they're willing to do that. Uh, if they're not and want to be um, still uh, in the post, we're absolutely happy to to work with them in, in, in that way. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, Carol, let me pick up on that with you, because I think what James identified there is going to ring an awful lot of bells. I mean, perhaps uh, it will be ageist to say it's to do with perhaps how old one is in, in approaching that. But but nonetheless, the, the digital gap, the digital divide, call it what you like. It's a massive problem, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. And um, I mean, you're right not to be ageist about it. But, you know, I don't think it hurts to always have in the back of your mind. Am I dealing with someone of a generation who has not? grown up with this you know that include me um for example you know compared with my children uh, it, there, there's all sorts of things that you can just bear in mind you're not necessarily going to be guilty of being stereotyping i think it, it is absolutely true that if you haven't grown up doing everything digitally then you are potentially going to struggle in one area or another um and so i think to my mind, always come always come back down to the lowest common denominator, you know, have all of the processes in place that can be that can be sort of done and used by anybody. And, you know, the the digitization of our processes helps us, not necessarily the client. So always think, okay, is this a process that's necessary for the client or is it one that's necessary for us? And if it is just to make our lives easier, well then that's not necessarily the right approach for this client. So that's what I would say on, on, on that particular aspect. But James, let me pick up on another theme, which we, we, as Carol mentioned there, I was very carefully avoiding the ages thing, but look at the other end of it. Look at perhaps the young customer, inexperienced customers. I mean, there's a vulnerability as well, isn't there? There is. Um, again, it's, it's publicised that everyone knows about financial services. Uh, and, and everyone knows about the products and 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 how how they work um, because you're young. Um, no one teaches you 
to uh, to 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 work these systems that it's not not really done in school and 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 at a high level you you, you kind of pick it up so the younger generation uh, it's it's kind of defaulted and assumed that you can that, that everyone can um, operate the systems and, and understand the products the final financial products and and the goals that they can achieve with them um, and that's obviously um, where where Carol's uh, expertise comes in that um, that we have face-to-face advice uh, obviously it's changed a slightly bit around now around around covid and it's not all everything's online uh, having tailored advice having someone to go to to have that 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 conversation to understand what your your financial goals are yeah i mean it is a hugely difficult thing i think for people some people to grab a hold of if they don't have uh, the educational background to deal with it and carol i mean that's that always strikes me as being something we make assumptions about. I mean, one of the other one of the days, one of my other days, my children asked me. One of my children asked me, "What's an interest rate?" And, and it's slightly jaw dropping um, that people don't know those things. But it's it's an assumption that everybody does, and it's not true. No, it really isn't. And I I think you know my my approach. I do. I have a particular focus on uh, women who lack uh, confidence and experience in in um, investments, in particular, and taking risk and that kind of thing. Recognizing that the financial services industry has sort of grown up with a particular type of client in mind, um, which you know for historical socio historical reasons. But that 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 there's a legacy from that which is this assumption that everybody will know what they're talking about and I think that that is where going back to the original point that everybody is potentially vulnerable I think if you always have the mindset that we are all of us vulnerable to the knowledge that we don't have to the experience we don't have to the capability that we don't have and I I always kind of think it's a bit like if somebody comes around and quotes me for some work on my roof you know I am vulnerable to the fact that I can't get up there if I could get up there, I wouldn't necessarily spot what the problem was. And if I could spot the problem, I wouldn't necessarily know how to deal with it. I wouldn't know how much that would cost or how long it would take. And so I am vulnerable to that other person's expertise. And I think if whenever you're faced with a, with a client, if you can always think to yourself, well, you know, this person is already on the back foot. They've come to me for help and advice, which means that they don't have the same expertise and experience that I have. And to always remember that that in itself is a vulnerability. I think that can really help to then set the tone. Okay, well, Carol, let me pick you up on something you kind of alluded to at the beginning of that answer, which was uh, some ways in which perhaps women are uh, in a more difficult position sometimes as regards these kind of issues, particularly where there may be issues of domination, bullying, whatever you want to call it, within a a couple relationship, these kind of things, and someone may be being exploited. It doesn't have to be within a relationship, of course. It can exist in all sorts of areas, but that must be something that people have to look out for. No, absolutely it is, and I I, I will pick you up a little bit on that and say it's not just women either, although, you know, there is a higher prevalence um, with women, but it is something that can occur across all ages, genders and um, circumstances. But um, yes, and I think, and I've actually have done a a certificate in in financial abuse to just sort of raise my own awareness of this and and get me thinking even more about how can we really be looking out for these things. It's an incredibly difficult area. It does require a lot of thought. It isn't something that you can just kind of think, oh, I need to build that into my process a bit more. Um, Because where 
people where vulnerable people are being abused financially economically there it isn't always as straightforward as them not realizing that they are someone can point it out to them and help them you know it, it's much more complicated than that there are emotions and lives entangled in all of that and it isn't something that you can just sort of address with with a you know a, a couple of extra processes but it falls into the the same camp as vulnerability if you are assuming always that the person in front of you could be vulnerable and that could be because there's been a change in their life or it could be because of a relationship that they're in for whatever reason if you are really getting to know your your client well and doing your job really as a you know as, as somebody in a in an industry that thrives on relationships then you are going to be always asking yourself you know what considerations are there in this person's life that I need to take into account um, and whether that is because of an abusive situation or whether that is just because there are certain gaps in their knowledge. It's all the same. It's about really getting to know them, make really, really good notes all the way through, even trivial things, things that, you know, just think, well, that didn't sound quite right, the way they were talking about the way their son is really interested in their money or, you know, whatever it is, making really, really good notes all the way and having it at the forefront of your mind at all yeah. times. Yeah, because awareness is, is key. And, uh, yes, yeah. I avoided ageism, but as you say, fell into the trap of sexism. But James, <laughs> let me pick you pick you up on a couple of these things with regard to your your hat of the vulnerable customer champion, because we we've, we've outlined a lot of the problems. Um, but what are the solutions? How should advisors be prepared to look out for the the vulnerabilities, whether it's exploitation or lack of knowledge or whatever it is? How do you get your advisors to be aware of all this? I think it's through an, an education piece like like this, having open and honest conversations, um, and but and having our vulnerable customer month, and just jogging people's memories, um, and having those conversations on, and sometimes they are tough tough conversations with 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 advisors, and saying, oh, actually, have you thought have you thought about that? Have you thought this might be happening in in some of your your clients' cases? And and not thinking, oh, there's a vulnerable customer, red flag. I don't want anything to do with them. Um, and it's not about. And, and it was, it, I think it keeps coming back to a couple of things that that Carol uh, has said. It's it's not about necessarily the process. We're not. There's no process right or wrong on here. It, it's a, a a very open and fluid conversation it might be something that you can help with there and then it might be something if someone if I had a, a case come to me today I might not actually have the answer it's going to find those find those tools and educating each other um along along the way and no no one box fits all um type type scenario so these these uh, awareness months uh, are, are great to to uh, to um promote uh, vulnerable customers but it shouldn't just be one month a year it should always always be a part of your 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 planning um if you're saying if you say the, the number of people that in the uk have some vulnerability we've talked talked just briefly today on young people about financial education um we're talking about ab abuse of um within finance and then the older generation that's just three really small topics that we've we've looked at um in, in, in here today so it's always about taking each case at a time having those open conversations and sometimes going if i don't know the answer so right 
where can we get that support? And there's obviously a lot of support um, externally as well. Um, if, if we can't within the Embark group um, help or, or assist the advisor. Well, James, on, on that point, and it occurs to me while you were talking, I mean, I guess a lot of advisors might feel uncomfortable about asking the kind of questions that we've been talking about, because in a way it implies a judgment, I suppose, on the person that you're talking to. Uh, and whether they're aware of it or not, it, it must be quite difficult to sometimes to get around to that subject. It does. But I, I think, um, boy, you, I, I like to think that um, we have an open relationship with, with our advisors and and your advisor is, is someone that you that you can trust. Um, and it's a two way conversation. Um, and yes, it might be harder initially to have that conversation with us, but we'd hope and we'd obviously build over that time of that relationship that, um, for example, Carol's clients, ha if there was a problem, there's there is some signs obviously that that would perhaps flag up that there might there might be a problem and then they, we can give them the tools to help um approach those approach those subjects yeah i mean carol again it case to be that the people we're talking about advisors in this situation they're there because they understand finance not necessarily because they're particularly well trained in being attuned to human vulnerability well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk for all advisors here, but I, I'm actually relatively um, new to the planning industry. And I think in some ways that's given me an advantage, but I've only been working in, in it for about five years. And I think that the way that I, I, the way that I've approached it, and even just the way that the, the, the training manuals and the, the exams that you have to do, the, 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 the conversations that are coming out of that and the, the language that's being used is gearing us more towards the development of soft skills so I think I've come at this always thinking the exact opposite of what you've just said actually that this is much much more than just giving advice on financial services this isn't product sale this isn't I know which recommendation to to that would be right for your set of financial circumstances this is about a proper relationship of knowing all of the you know aspects of a client's life um, and I think it, it isn't just a case of kind of approaching a client and, and thinking, do I tick the box on my system that says this is a vulnerable client or not? And, and that's that done. It's every time you meet the client saying to yourself, you know, what considerations are there that I need to take into account and check it every year, every communication you have with them. It's it, It's got to run all the way through the process. So I think if you are thinking that financial advice is only about offering advice on financial services without taking into account all of the kind of circumstances and all of the things that might actually make them vulnerable. Not only are you doing a massive disservice to the client, but you're also potentially storing up problems for yourself further down the line. You know, a vulnerable person can be irrational. They might, you know, when you're vulnerable, you're under stress, you don't always make the best decisions, you know, and if you're not being really careful with how you're treating a, a customer, because for whatever reason, they are at a time in their life where they are perhaps not in the best place then you know that can come back on you so I think it's just good practice all round to be completely aware all the time of potential vulnerabilities and and not to think of vulnerability as something that's outside of the normal human condition you know it is it is part of of, of who we are and it's part of the relationship and like James said you know with with when you show your vulnerability that's how you build trust 
And actually, I think as an advisor, if you can show a little bit of your own human side as well, then that trust increases. Um, so I would say I would say that yes, we are actually the the right people for this sort of thing because that's the way we should approach everything that yeah. we do. The vulnerability on both sides in a way kind of helps. But one of the yeah. key, key vulnerabilities, uh, James, I'd like to bring up with you, and obviously one we've all experienced in the last couple of years, I think we mentioned it briefly earlier on uh, in this podcast, is, of course, COVID. Um, COVID, I guess, has raised awareness of all the vulnerabilities, uh, particularly in this area. Absolutely. Um, and I think every conversation that we have now, the word COVID is, is kind of embedded within it and but then you then speak you speak to your clients you speak to the advisors and you just, and sometimes covid made us quite isolate well obviously it made us isolated we, we were in our own own bubble but then you then didn't realize the necessarily the knock-on effects to, to to other people um and and the this whole um isolation and and the network your, all your support networks effectively feeling like it was, it was completely shut down um and if you take financial services for example we, we've not had a situation where um people with with products had had market shocks they're obviously taking benefits out because they they had they had no money to to uh to take um, through through their business because their, their business business is shut and it completely everything that you thought you knew in financial services COVID just came along and went no this this is this is different um, and people probably did make decisions that were forced that may have not actually now been logical at, at the time and that that obviously brings a vulnerability to to their overall overall package and and it goes back to what carol was saying and, and what we've said is it's not a it's not a process financial services is one part of someone's life their life in general is, is another box but you can't just take everything in isolation so whatever happened in, in covid people people lost 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 family um and i've certainly found that a lot of the clients I speak to now, where they were perhaps more reserved um, and and probably wouldn't tell you all all their, their family stuff. They they've got a, like an escape group and, and liked and have it have a chat. Um, I've certainly found that more, um, and they just want to say I just want to tell you what happened in COVID and want to tell you their story. And it's important for them that's an escape route is that showing is that showing some vulnerability it might be that 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 is their escape route they want to tell you their story and it's right that they tell you your story you you kind of forget what you're you're doing it's your little um financial service bubble you actually can listen to people in in, in real life and hearing what really happened to them in, in covid and how it how it affected them all our lives are stories, aren't they? This is a truth that we come to realise gradually. And, and on that point, I suppose, I mean, let me just ask you, James, to briefly tell us, what does the vulnerable customer champion at Embark do? What, what is that role? What, do you, what What's your function? What's its importance? Absolutely. So what we do is we work closely with the, the frontline operations um, and we promote good practice. Um, and it's not, again, it's not about a tick box exercise. So 
some of our um so all our champions have, have gone through enhanced training um to to learn about the types of vulnerability uh, that you may experience and we try to provide tools to our frontline staff on how to deal with it and um, and we also the main thing is we help our customers and the the vulnerable the role of the vulnerable customer champion is if there is an issue that you've got that point of contact within that business someone who hopefully you can trust and have that honest conversation with to work through the problem it might be a temporary issue it might be a longer term issue but we the role of these the, the vulnerable customer champions is to make sure that your journey with us is smooth it's not a process it's not a tick box exercise um, and where where needed we can then actually change our processes and actually make sure that all our products actually work for people um, and it's really a re rewarding role as well um, obviously you think vulnerability and oh it's rewarding but it it feels like you're actually making a difference to our customers um, and we can obviously give guidance to, guidance to people on on how to, how to to move move their issues issues forward which is clearly vitally important as we said particularly post covid but in general uh, enabling people to get the best out of the advice and to get the best advice uh, that they're given in these circumstances. James, thank you so much. Um, my thanks to James Smith, team leader, vulnerable customer champion at Embar Group, also uh, independent financial planner, Carol Haswell, joining us here on this Embark Minipod. Fascinating discussion. Thanks to you both. And I'll be back with more Minipods. I'm Roger Hearing for now. Thanks for listening and goodbye.